So if you're one of those folks who turn to the scripture in your pew Bibles, so you can follow along, then this morning I'm going to get you. Instead of Matthew's gospel, this morning I want to share with you from Luke's gospel, the ninth chapter, verses 28 through 36. I'll give you a second to find that since I changed up on you. As you're finding it, I invite you to stand in reverence to the reading of the gospel this morning. Luke writes, now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up on a mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him, and they appeared in their glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he was saying. And while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things that they had seen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated, and I invite you to pray with me. God, open our hearts and our minds by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed on this day, we receive it with joy. Amen. So good morning. It is good to be with you this morning. If we haven't met before, uh, my name's Brian Gilmer. I'm the senior pastor here at Buncombe Street. Uh, Karen told me a couple weeks ago that she was planning on being out, and I said, well, I'd love to go to Trinity. I don't get to go to Trinity as much as I want to. And then she came back about a week or so ago and said, you know what, the vacation got canceled. I was like, well, I'm still going to Trinity. And so... You can help me at Trinity, but I'm still going to Trinity because I, I want to see what all is going on because I know that God is moving in this place. And then she said, hey, we could do something really special that day. We could baptize four people in that service. And I was like, let's do it, right? And so today's a good day. It's a special day. I know in the last month after today, we'll have baptized, am I right, six people? Six people. Now, that might not sound like a lot of people to you, but here's what I will tell you. We have some churches that don't baptize six people in several years. And here we've done it at Trinity in a month. And it's just, what, February, right? So God's doing special things. So I'm glad to be here today with you. I will tell you, though, that this week has been one of those weeks. You ever had one of those weeks where nothing seems to go your way? Where everything you touch just kind of crumbles? Well, that was kind of been the week. It's been, been a crazy week of, of all kinds of things. And, and I'd set aside some time to, to study and to prepare for the sermon this morning. And I sat down and I pulled out 
Matthew's gospel that, that was supposed to be read today. Uh, and, and I read over it and read over it. And, and the preachers out here know, like, sometimes you will read a passage of scripture and you'll sit there and you'll ponder on it. And, and God just doesn't give you anything. Am I right, preachers? Avi and John are both smiling. So I did that. I, I sat there and I prayed and prayed and prayed. And all I got was silence. Silence. So I continued to, to read. A couple more days of reading, still just silence. I said, you know what? This story is not just in Matthew's gospel. Maybe I, if I look in the other gospels that I'll, I'll find something that I could say on this, this special Sunday. So I, I got to uh, Luke's gospel. And I started reading it. And still the word that kept coming up was silence. There's a part of me that at that point in the process just wants to have a word with God. You know, and say, hey, you got to give me something more than silence. But I, I, I decided to kind of yield to God and say, hey, okay, I'll go with silence. So I looked up the word silence. Silence is the absence of sound or noise. The absence of sound or noise. Or another word, uh, definition for silence is stillness. So I want you to think about those words, silence, absence of sound and noise, stillness. Now here's what I know about people. I love to watch people, love to, to, to kind of watch and see how people act and react to things. What I know about most of us is most of us do not like silence. Anybody like silence? Yeah, some of you kind of like it, but, but in our world today, we don't like silence. How many people do you see riding around or walking around Talking on their phone or listening to something in earbuds. We don't like silence. We like noise. We like noise. Silence, we're scared of it. We're especially scared of it in a conversation, right? If you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden the conversation kind of goes quiet, we don't like it, do we? We get uncomfortable. Like if I am talking here and for a moment I just quit talking and I sit down for say two or three minutes, y'all are going to get very uncomfortable. You want to try it or are you good with it? Believe me. Like you're going to get uncomfortable. We don't, we don't like silence. And I, I think kind of what I've come up with, maybe why we don't like silence is because we live in a world that is full of noise. We live in a world full of noise. And it seems like there's no escape from all the noise in our society and world today. There's so much noise that there are times when I just want to withdraw and become a recluse or a hermit. Anybody ever felt that way? Just so much noise and things going on. I just want to be a, a recluse or a hermit. Started thinking about that and, and I remember reading about a guy who in, I think it was in 1986, a guy by the name of Christopher Thomas Knight he was 20 years old at the time. He lived in Massachusetts, but he decided to drive up to Maine. And Christopher Knight decided that he was tired of all the noise. Tired of all the noise in the world. Tired of, tired of talking to people, tired of being around people. And so he drove from Massachusetts to Maine, and he walked into the Maine woods, and he spent the next 27 years as a hermit in the woods. Anybody heard this story before? I think he's called the North Pond Hermit. Google it. 
It's actually a book about it. It's great. But the North Pond Hermit, Christopher Knight. So 27 years, he's in the woods. He never lights a fire because he don't want to draw attention to himself. He comes up with this great campsite. There's pictures of it out there. He, he decides to, to not leave anything behind or, or leave traces of anything. So when he's walking through the woods, which he does all the time, he, he figures out how to place rocks in certain places. And he goes from rock to rock. He never walks on the ground. Now, what he didn't really think through was that if you're going to stay in the woods for 27 years, you're going to need some food, right? And so he had some food, but when his food ran out... This is where the story kind of gets dark. Uh, he started breaking into cabins around in the woods. Uh, he was finally arrested for it, but thousand break-ins he said he did in 27 years, but all he would ever take was food. All he would ever take was food. But, but can you imagine 27 years in the woods by yourself? He says that while he was in the woods, he would laugh silently. He would sneeze silently. And he says, as best he can remember, in 27 years, he said one word. He said in the late 90s, he thinks, because he really didn't know the time frame. In the late 90s, he said a hiker walked up on him and surprised him. And he said before he could think, he said hi. He said, and the hiker never really paid him any attention. But can you imagine being so done with all the noise, so, so done with all the stuff in the world that you decide to, to jump into the woods for 27 years, live by yourself, only say one word, keep to yourself, not have any interactions with people, just get away from it all. Now I'm going to imagine Christopher Knight had quite a bit of silence. Quite a bit of silence. So today in the life of the church is Transfiguration Sunday. That, that's the story I read to you in the gospel. Had I read Matthew's gospel to you, it had been the same story. A couple things different. But Transfiguration Sunday is the conclusion of the period after Epiphany. And it's kind of a transition from that season in the life of the church until the new season that we start this week. Wednesday's Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent for us in the church. Forty days, not counting Sundays. Forty days leading up to Easter. Our scripture lesson is probably one of the most interesting and most hard to understand passages in the New Testament. It's a story we probably all know, right? As I'm reading it, you probably remember it as a child or, or even an adult Sunday school class. Jesus takes his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, and they decide to go up high on a mountain to get away from it. Get away from the people, I assume, to, to find some time to recharge and re-energize and relax. Most likely they went there to, to spend some time praying, right? And that's what the scriptures say. And that's really not uncommon. You go back and look, and Jesus does that from time to time, doesn't he? He pulls away, pulls away and goes and prays. Now that part of the story is pretty ordinary, isn't it? But the stuff that happens next is not ordinary at all. I mean, as soon as they get up on the mountain... And Jesus is praying, all of a sudden, the scripture says his face changed and he began to glow and his clothes were, were bright, brilliant, white. And then if that wasn't enough, all of a sudden Moses and Elijah, they show up and they're, they're talking to Jesus. Can you imagine how those three uh, disciples must have felt? Can you imagine? Peter, James, and John, they're sitting there watching this. Now, the interesting thing about a little excerpt from Luke's gospel, a, a passage in there, says that Peter and his companions were very sleepy. 
But when they became fully awake, they saw the glory that was before them. It's interesting to me that anytime Jesus takes Peter, James, and John with him to pray, go back to the Garden of Gethsemane, what are they doing? Those guys are always sleeping. Those guys are sleeping. But here's what I, I bet happened. Even if they were sleepy or sleeping, when all this started going on, they were wide awake and they were full of emotions, weren't they? All this stuff going on. There was probably excitement and fear and, and all these things wrapped into one. And then there's good old Peter who never knows when to keep his mouth shut. Right? Jesus, this thing is great that's going on here. How about we build three tents or three dwellings? How about we put markers and, and brass church plaques on this thing? Make a place where everybody can come back to and see, you know, on this day, this happened. We'll make one for you and one for Elijah and one for Moses. Before we could even get that finished, though, this other amazing thing happened. This cloud comes and engulfs them. Right? This cloud comes and engulfs them. And then James Earl Jones speaks. God speaks, right, in that voice. My son, the chosen, listen to him. Then, as quickly as it happens, it's all over. Cloud's gone, God's voice is gone. Moses, Elijah are gone. It's just Jesus and his friends again. And this is what Luke says. Luke says that in the face of this experience, those three disciples kept silent. Didn't tell anybody. And it was at that point that, that it kind of dawned on me and I was like, I get it. <laughs> silence, silent. Silence. The disciples kept silent. There are occasions in our life, I think, that, that just call for and demand silence. There are things that we experience in life that, that require silence because there's not words adequate enough to explain what we just experienced. This has to be one of those times for those disciples. Peter, James, and John, they found themselves in the presence not only of Jesus, but of Moses and Elijah, and then God speaks to them. That's serious stuff, isn't it? It's no wonder they were silent. They had to take it all in. They had to digest it all. They had to think about it and pray about it. They had to let it all sink in, all that they had seen and all that they had heard. And there probably weren't enough words that were even adequate, so all they did was keep it to themselves. They kept silent. One commentator said that here was dust encountering divinity, the temporal in the presence of the eternal, the imperfect face-to-face -face with holiness itself. Silence. The absence of any sound or noise. Stillness. I'm not so sure that the North Pond hermit Christopher Knight and the disciples didn't kind of have a good idea about some things. Not so sure that they weren't on to something. We probably all need a time of silence. We probably all need a time for shutting out all the noise in our lives. A time to stop talking and to simply listen. I told you this week starts Lent. Lent, 40 days, not counting Sundays. 40 days leading us to Easter in that celebration. Lent is a season to, to, to look inward 
at ourselves. And so maybe this Lenten season, maybe we just need to be silent. Maybe we need to be silent from some things. Maybe we need to give up some things that are taking up our time and pulling us away from from what God's calling us to. But also maybe for the next 40 days, we simply need to be silent and listen for God's voice in the midst of our lives. Life of our church, life of our community, life of our world. Almighty God, we come humbly today. And Father, we give you thanks for all that you're doing in our midst, for the many ways that you're moving right here. We thank you for this Transfiguration Sunday, for this event that that took place in the lives of Jesus and his disciples, this event that changed their lives and, and can change ours too. Father, we, we have trouble sometimes with silence. We like the noise. Lord, we know that it is in silence that you speak. And so in these weeks and days ahead, as we begin the Lenten season, Father, allow us to find some times to be silent, to sit still and listen to what you're calling us to be and who you're calling us to be. Yes, it's in Christ's name. Amen.